0: Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast, and thanks so much for tuning in. Celebration Church is one church in 10 locations across southeast Louisiana. We are all about changing lives, homes, our city, and the world through Jesus Christ. We hope that you're both encouraged and challenged by today's message. Welcome to Celebration Online. We've been in a series for several weeks titled Transform, and in this series, we're learning about how God wants to transform seven crucial areas of our lives. Our theme verse for Transform has been Romans chapter 12, verse two, where the Apostle Paul wrote, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Now, we've been learning about the areas of our life that God wants to transform. So weeks ago, we learned about how God wants to transform our spiritual health and then how God wants to transform our physical health. A couple weekends ago, we learned about how God wants us to help us learn how to master our mind so we can transform our mental health. And last week, we learned about how God wants to tra- help us transform our relational health as well, the relationships of our lives. But today, we're going to be looking at a subject that Christians rarely talk about, about how God wants to transform our emotional health as well. You see, God is trans- hes interested in transforming every aspect of our lives, including the way that we handle our emotions. Our verse for today is found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verses 29 and 30. Jesus is speaking, and he says, The most important commandment is this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. Now, do you hear the emotion that's in Jesus' words? He was saying, I don't just want you to love me, uh, Heavenly Father, with any kind of love, but I want you to love us with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul and all of your strength. He's telling us that God wants to have a passionate relationship with us. God wants to have an emotional relationship with us, which reminds us that having emotions and displaying emotions is all a part of being who God's called us to be and living like God's called us to live. The problem is that most people have no clue about what their emotions are all about. I think about a college professor one time who was trying to address the subject of emotions. And so he asked one student, what's the opposite of joy? And the student said sadness. He asked another student, what's the opposite of depression?" And she said elation. And so he asked a third student, a student from Texas, what's the opposite of woe? And the Texan said, sir, that, the answer to that question would be getty up. He had no clue what the professor was talking about when it came to emotions. So let's get some understanding about emotions as we begin today. To begin with, navigating our emotions requires understanding that our emotions were created, determined, and intended by God. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians 3, that we must clothe ourselves with tenderhearted mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and be forgiving towards others. You see, the Lord wants us to demonstrate those emotional qualities in our lives and the relationships of our lives. But also navigating our emotions requires understanding that our ability to feel is in itself a gift from God. Now, many people don't realize this, but God is an emotional God. He has feelings just like we do. The Bible talks about how God feels love and anger and compassion and hate and joy and grief and rejoicing. In fact, uh, God's blessed us with these emotions because we, he himself is an emotional God. In the beginning of time, the Lord said, let's make man in our own image. And the reason we have emotions today, because God is an emotional God. If God wasn't a God of love, there would be no love on the planet. Uh, Last weekend, we celebrated Valentine's Day. And, uh, you know, God created uh, all the feelings of romance and love and somebody being special in their life. God's an emotional God. And and the capacity to feel for emotion, have emotions, is a gift from God. If we didn't have emotions, we'd be like a robot. If we didn't have emotions, we'd be like a lot of the animals that are on the planet. If we didn't have emotions, we wouldn't be a real human being. It's our emotional ability to love and create and all those kinds of things to be faithful and loyal and kind. That's what makes us who we are as human beings. And then navigating our emotions requires understanding we should avoid two extremes. One extreme is emotionalism, which tells us that all that matters is how we feel. All that matters, it doesn't matter what I think, it doesn't matter what others think, all that matters is what I feel or how I feel. If I feel something is good, then it's good. If I feel something's bad, that's it's bad. And so it discounts any thoughts or any values, those kinds of things. What only matters is feeling and doing what we feel. And that's, that's emotionalism. And when I give into emotionalism, means that I'm allowing my emotions to control my life. I'm allowing my emotions to direct my life. And by the way, that's not a healthy way for anyone to live. The opposite of emotionalism is stoicism, which tells us that feelings aren't important at all. Stoicism basically says that the only thing that matters is our intellect and our will our volition, and our intelligence. Stoics say that emotions are not a real valid part of life and feelings don't really matter. Now, what's really funny to me is that oftentimes Stoics marry emotional people. Oftentimes, most of the time, stoics marry emotional people, and it causes a lot of sometimes conflict and crisis in their life. Typically, often in marriage, you have somebody who's a stuffer. They're stoic, and then you have someone who's a gusher, who's an emotional person. Stuffers always get frustrated with gushers because they think they're being too emotional all of the time, and gushers always get mad at stuffers because they think they're too uptight and closed down much of the time. Stuffers think we shouldn't be sharing our emotions. Gushers think we're not sharing our emotions. We're not being authentic and real, and actually, both of those are extremely extreme positions to take in life. But because we don't understand the emotional uh, being uh, that, that we're connected with, that we're in a relationship with, it oftentimes create, con- creates conflict in our relationships. heard about a man who was really a stoic who took his wife, who was emotional, to a counselor. He took her to a counselor because she had gone from a happy person to being uh, apparently a depressed person. In that meeting with the counselor, the husband was there in the room with them. The counselor just began to talk to the woman, asking her what her interests were, giving her attention, all those kinds of things. At the end of our, the session, he even gave her a, a godly hug on the side, and, and she perked up and brightened up, and, and obviously she was transformed as she was prepared to leave the office. And then the counselor said to the husband, you see how your wife is responding? What she needs is affection and affirmation and attention like I've been giving her today. She needs that at least three days a week. And the husband said to the counselor, he said, Doc, I don't know what you're thinking. I can bring her in Monday and Wednesdays, but three days a week, you're asking too much of me. He, he had no clue about the emotional support that his wife needed for him. A lot of people are like, they have no clue about the other people in their life because either on the extreme when it comes to emotion or the, on the extreme when it comes to being a stoic. The Bible says that we all have a mind and we all have a heart. And the mind represents the intellect, and the heart represents the emotions. And and Jesus said we're to worship our Heavenly Father in spirit. That's with our emotions, and in truth, that's with our mind. And and God gave us a mind and emotion. They're both important to us and to the relationships of our lives. So we're going to look today at how to deal with how we feel. Two questions we want to ask. Here's the first question. Why must we learn how to manage our emotions? Why must we focus on learning how to manage our emotions? Let me give you four answers to that question. To begin with, we must learn to manage our emotions because our feelings are often unreliable. What we feel, what we, what we feel emotionally is oftentimes unreliable. You sometimes will say, I know this is the right thing to do. I feel it in my gut, but it turned out being the wrong thing to do. That happens to all of us all the time. Now, two weeks ago, we said that we don't have to believe everything we feel. And let me also say we don't have to believe every uh, two weeks ago. We said we don't have to believe everything we think. But let me also say we don't have to believe everything that we feel. We don't have to accept everything we feel because not everything we feel is right or authentic in our lives. Some of the things you feel about yourself are not right. They're wrong. Some of the things you feel about others are not right. They're wrong. The Bible says this in Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. You see, just because we feel it doesn't necessarily make it to be true. Our feelings are often wrong and they guide us in the wrong direction. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 26, those who trust in their own insight or feelings are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. By the way, Just because we sometimes feel useless or helpless or hopeless or unlovable or worthless doesn't mean that's true. That's just how we feel about ourselves. That's certainly not how God and others think of us. The Bible says we are God's masterpieces, and he's created us to accomplish great things. And then we must learn how to manage our emotions because we don't want to be manipulated by others. You see, if we don't learn how to manage our emotions, they're going to control us, and they're going to manipulate us. If we're always guided by our feelings rather than by what's right or true, we're going to be manipulated by our sinful nature within us, by the devil, or by the devilish people around us. Now advertisers and salespeople know that. Uh, that's why they stir up our emotions because they know if they can get us hooked emotionally, we're going to buy their products. So the color of the packaging and the music in the commercial and the things they say in the presentation are all designed to elicit an emotional response for us. And if we make decisions uh, like what we buy based on our emotions, that's called impulse buying. We're going to buy things we don't need. with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. I mean, it's going to wind up not being good for us in our lives. Look at this verse, Proverbs 25, 28. It says, like an open city with no defenses is the man with no check on his feelings. In other words, if we don't have a guard over our feelings, we don't have a governor over our feelings, if we're not managing our feelings... Uh, We are defenseless against the attacks of others against us in our lives. This says in the New Living Translation, a person without self-control is as defenseless as a city with broken down walls. In other words, if we don't know how to manage our emotions, we're going to be under attack by our sinful nature, by the devil, by devilish people, and we're going to wind up losing the crucial battles of our lives. That's why the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be self-controlled and alert. Say those words with me. Be self-controlled and alert. Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That verse reminds us that the devil and devilish people will utilize our feelings as a means to manipulate us and to get us to live disobedient lives to the Lord. By the way, Satan's favorite tool against people are what I call negative emotions. It's what Peter said saying here, negative emotions. He'll use things like anger and bitterness and a critical spirit and depression and envy and fear and frustration and hurt and jealousy and and worry and anxiety and all those kinds of things. He'll use shame, all those kinds of things to beat us up. He'll whip us around. He'll, He'll take control of our lives. He'll manipulate us when we give in to those negative emotions or feelings in our lives. So ask yourself this question. What feelings do I sometimes struggle with that make me vulnerable to the devil's attack? We must learn to manage our emotions because we don't want to be manipulated. But we also must learn to manage our emotions because we want to please God. Now, I think if you're watching this program, it's because you want God to be the God of your life. Let me tell you, God can't be the God of your life if your life is guided by the emotions and feelings you have in your life. God can't rule our life if our emotions are ruling our life. Jesus can't be Lord of our lives if our emotions are Lord of our lives. If we can't make all our decisions simply based on how we feel, then we made our feelings our God. Look at these verses in Romans 8. Paul writes, To be controlled by human nature results in death, but to be controlled by the Spirit results in life and peace. Those who obey their human nature cannot please God. In other words, if we just live by how we feel, we're not going to please God with our lives. We cannot please God if our flesh and our feelings are directing and dictating what happens in our lives. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be knowing what your sinful nature craves. It it pleases the Lord greatly for our lives to be led by God's Spirit, not by the emotions we have in our lives. And then we must learn to manage our emotions because we want to succeed in life. You know, the ability to manage our emotions is one of the key indicators of whether or not we're gonna be successful in our lives. In fact, studies show that for success in business, emotional quotient is far more important than our intelligence now I'm not discounting uh, being smarter or wiser or getting the more education, the most education than you can, but here's what I am saying. A lot of people who are very smart don't do very well in the business sector or the world because they're, man, they're, they're mastered by their moods. They come in grumpy or angry or frustrated all the time. Uh, they come in bitter and cynical, all those kinds of things. But, but people who don't have a high IQ are successful because they're, they're good at dealing with their emotions. They know how to deal with how they feel. And as a result, they, they become people people. They learn to know how to get along with others. Now we have all known people who were overwhelmed by their emotions and wasted their life. They didn't become who God wanted them to become or do what he wanted them to do or, or accomplish what he wanted them to accomplish because they weren't able to overcome their feelings of laziness or hurt or depression or discouragement or any number of things. The Bible says this in Proverbs five twenty three: People get lost and die because of their foolishness and their lack of self-control. So Jesus wants you to not live like that. He wants you to be successful in life. And so He's got to become, He's got to become Lord of your emotions, Lord of not just what you think and what you do, but Lord of how you feel as well. It says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 2 From now on, from now on you must live the rest of your earthly lives controlled by God's will and not by your human desires and emotions. So how do we get there? How do we accomplish that? That's the question. What steps can we take to manage our unwanted or negative or ungodly feelings that we have in our lives? Three things I want you to notice. First of all, managing our unwanted feelings requires naming them. We've got to ask ourselves, what am I really feeling? And name those feelings. You see, we can't manage a vague feeling. We can't overcome a vague feeling. We can only change and control and manage something we have identified. And if we don't know what the problem is in our life, then we certainly can't work on it. Truth is, most of us are not nearly as in touch with our emotions as we think we are. I know that I'm not, and sometimes I wonder, where in the world is that emotion coming from? Sometimes I feel like David who said in Psalm 55:2, my thoughts are restless and I can, I'm confused. That's the way we are a lot of times with our feelings. So ask yourself a couple of questions. First, what am I really feeling? What's really going on beneath the surface? Sometimes you think that you're feeling depressed. Oh, I'm depressed, I'm down. But when you begin to analyze that feeling, all of a sudden you realize there's reasons for you to feel like you're feeling. Uh, Maybe your boss was angry at you and hurt your feelings, or maybe you got laid off, or uh, maybe somebody disappointed you. And really, what you're struggling with is fear and worry and disappointment, uh, but it channels itself into uh, depression, and you're trying to fix the depression where the underlying root is something else because you haven't identified the right feeling. Sometimes it's fear, sometimes it's anxiety, sometimes it's hurt, those kinds of things. Uh, Sometimes we come home and we take out our irritation on our spouse or on our children or on others around us in our lives, and we think they're the, reason, they're, the way, they're the reason for how we're feeling. But really, there's something else beneath the surface that's causing us to feel the way that we feel. Until we identify that, we're never going to have victory over it. So managing our wanted feelings requires naming them, but also requires reframing them. In other words, we must ask ourselves, what is the real reason I'm feeling this? In other words, we've got to challenge what we're feeling. Don't just automatically accept what you're feeling. Don't automatically assume that your feelings are accurate. Don't automatically assume that what you feel is the truth or correct or even reality. You've got to challenge it. You've got to ask yourself, are things really as bad as I think they are? Probably not. Are things really as good as I think they are? Probably not. So you got to ask yourself some questions. you got to challenge it. David, who wrote many of the Psalms, often asked God to challenge his emotions. He said in Psalm 26, verse 2, Lord, cross-examine me, test my motives and my affections. What are our affections? They're our emotions our feelings. Lord, test my motives. and Test my feelings. Test my emotions to, to see if they're in line with your way, your will for our lives. So you got to ask God to help you evaluate. You must be willing to explore our feelings and ask ourselves what, what, why we are really feeling the things that we're feeling. Let me give you another uh, step that's even more personal. You need, sometimes, oftentimes, you need to list a friend to challenge your feelings. Somebody you trust. Somebody you know who really loves you, and you got to give them the, the freedom and ability to really challenge, challenge you to say things to you like, "Why are you so grumpy these days? Or why are you so discouraged? Or why are you so angry? Or why are you so fresh? Or so so frustrated? Why why are you acting like you're going off the deep end or something like that?" We, we all need people like that, like uh, Eliphaz, who was a friend to Job. He asked Job, "Why has your heart carried you away? And why do your eyes flash?" That's, that's a poetic way of saying. How come you've gone off the deep end? Why are you so angry these days? Let me ask you, do you have somebody in your life who can confront you like that? Who can challenge you like that? We all need people like that in our lives. Now, you can find them in small groups like our life groups here at Celebration Church, but you need one special friend that you know loves you and cares for you that only speaks to you because of their love and care for you, who's willing to challenge those feelings, uh, those attitudes that you have that, that aren't really helpful for you or helpful for others. And then, let me quickly say, too often people react to their feelings instead of reflecting on their feelings. Let me give you three questions to ask about your own emotions. When you're trying to figure out how to deal with how you feel, number one, ask yourself, what's the real reason I'm feeling this? Uh, Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's hurt. Uh, Maybe it's hooked into something your dad said a long time ago to you that really hurts your feelings, and and when your husband says it to you, it just causes you to go off like a volcano. What's the real reason I'm feeling this? Number two, is what I'm feeling right now true? I think about the story of the great prophet Elijah in the Old Testament. Elijah was a great man of God who was able to defeat all the 400 plus prophets of the false god Baal. But there came a time when he became discouraged. He was running for his life. He even wanted to die. And he said to the Lord, Lord, I feel so helpless and hopeless because I'm the only one on the planet who's serving you. And God said, that's not true, Elijah. You've got a misperception there. I've got 7,000 people who haven't bowed their knee to Baal. Sometimes what we think is true, what we feel is true, is not actually true. Ask yourself, is what I'm feeling true? In other words, and then the third question is this. Is what I'm feeling helping me or hurting me? Sometimes the simplest way to really get a handle on our emotions is by simply saying, what I'm feeling right now, is it going to help me or is it going to hurt me uh, in the moments and days to come? In other words, if I get what I want by continuing to feel this way, will I get what I want? And if I get what I want, will it really be what I want? Let me give you a couple of examples. For example, if you go into a restaurant and you sit down to eat, And within 15 or 20 minutes, no waiter or waitress has come to take your order. And you're hungry. You're starving. I know you're getting frustrated by that time. Another couple comes in and sits at a table not far from you, and right away there's a waiter or waitress to take their order. What happens to you? I know what happens to you. You begin to blow up. You begin to get upset. You begin to get angry. You say to the person with you, can you believe this is happening to me? Can you believe they're treating me like this? And so when the waiter or waitress finally comes over to you, your tendency, your desire is to go off on them and tell them off. But will that really get you what you want? Well, telling them off. Help you to get your food faster. It may help you to get your food sped on. I don't know what it will happen, but but probably giving into your feelings is not the best thing that for you right, there, right at that time. If you're kind, however, if you can manage those feelings, you'll probably get better service and a quicker response. Let me give you another example. Let's say you want to change your husband or your kids or your wife or somebody who works with you. Let me ask you a question: Does nagging other people ever work for you? You know, when you're nagging people, you want to change them. You're nagging them. One man said to his, one man was always nagging on his wife and criticizing her, and finally she had enough of it. She said, okay, I want to admit to you, I've got some flaws and faults, but I want to remind you, it was those same flaws that kept me from getting a better husband. Let me ask you, does nagging work on you? It doesn't work on you, it doesn't work on me, it doesn't work on any of us. We feel like nagging, but that's not the right thing thing to do. And so we got to ask ourselves, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? <laughs> do I want to get what I feel right now or is there a better way to get things? All, all those things do is make you defensive. And so you got you to learn how to manage those emotions so you can get what you want and you can be happy rather than hurting yourself and hurting others. Dr. Linda Mento, a clinical psychologist, a best-selling author, said it like this. She said, when I'm feeling When I feel something, hopefully I can become aware of what I'm feeling. Then with that awareness, I can regulate that emotion so I can walk out the fruit of the Spirit. I can be patient, long-suffering, kind, and I can talk to people with civility. That's what it means to master and manage those emotions. So managing our unwanted feelings requires naming them and reframing them. But here's the third thing. Managing our unwanted feelings requires taming them taming them, getting mastery over those feelings and emotions. Now, we do that in two ways. One way is by changing them, and another way is by channeling them. Sometimes we just need to change what we're feeling. Some emotions are so destructive, so damaging, so hurtful, so non-effective that the only thing positive we can do is flip the switch and change them. we got to change what we're feeling. Philippians 2.5 says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. So our attitude, which includes our emotions, what we're feeling should be the same as Jesus' attitude. So ask yourself, how would Jesus feel in this situation? Would Jesus get irritated with the waitress? Would Jesus be yelling at the other person? Would Jesus be worrying that things aren't going to work out? Would Jesus be fearful? Would Jesus be worried? And to answer all those questions, said, no, 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 no. So we got to line up our attitude and our emotions like Jesus to be like Jesus because we're all called to become more like Jesus. Sometimes we need to change what we're feeling. Sometimes we need to channel what we're feeling. What does that mean? It means that we need to use our emotions, that emotion or our emotions, for good. Let's say you've been the victim of injustice. Or prejudice, or somebody's taken advantage of you, or you've experienced unfairness of some kind. And naturally, the emotion that wells up inside of you is anger. You, you want to get angry, you want to get revenge, you want to get retribution. But uh, can our anger be used for good to help other people instead? Yes. All of a sudden, you become a champion for justice because we know that, uh, what it means to have experienced injustice. So, so take a negative emotion like anger and use our anger for the benefit of others. When we use our anger for ourselves, when we use our anger to get back at others, it's sin, it's going to be punished by God. But when we use our anger for the benefit of other people, that's righteous anger in the eyes of the Lord. We can take a negative emotion, we can use it in a positive way. Let me give you another example. Many of you have wanted to be married. Now, I'm not sure why you wanted to be married, because I tell people if marriage is a dream, then love is the alarm clock that wakes you up from the dream. Uh, 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 if love is a dream, marriage is the alarm clock that wakes you up from the dream. Uh, marriage is tough. Marriage is challenging. Some of you want to be married, though, and that didn't happen. Some of you are married, and you don't have children, and, that has, and you wanted to have children, and that hasn't happened. So what do you do with all that blocked love? Do you pull yourself back into a prison, lock the door, pull up the drawbridge, fill the moat with alligators and say, I'm never going to be around people anymore so I don't get hurt anymore? No, you rechannel those feelings. Maybe you didn't get to love the person that you wanted to love, but the world is full of people who would love to be loved by you. Maybe you didn't get to have the children you want to have, but there's 137 million orphans on the planet and there are children on your street who need your love. You just got to learn how to rechannel those emotions. You use them for good. You don't stew in your hurt. You don't stew in your frustration. You use them for good. But pastor, people ask me, what about those emotions that really need changing? How do I change them? People tell me I'm a a worry ward. I worry all the time. Worry, worry, worry. That's the emotion that dominates my life. Or I'm a perfectionist. I'm a criticizer. I criticize and find fault fault with and I I can't stop it. I'm like that. Or some people say I'm lazy and I just can't get over being lazy. I feel lazy all the time. Or or I'm a naturally angry person and I'm just lash out at others. So how do you tame Wild and powerful emotions like that. I'm telling you, you probably can't tame them in your own strength and ability, but look at what it says in Zechariah 4:6. You will not succeed by your own strength and power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. In other words, you can't change those powerful emotions by yourself. you got to have the help of God's Spirit to change those emotions. Let me give you three suggestions to get God's help when it comes to changing or taming those emotions. To begin with, taming our emotions requires every day asking God to fill us with His Spirit. I don't know about you, but before I get out of bed in the morning, I'm afraid to the Lord, Lord, empty me of myself and fill me with Your Spirit Because it's not by might or by power, but by your Spirit, uh, that I'm going to be able to manage my moods and manage my emotions. And Lord, if I I have to live life today by my own strength, ability, not by the power of your Spirit, I'm going to hurt somebody with my attitude, my words, or my actions. you got to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with His presence. And the more we let God's Spirit control our mind and emotions, the more self-control we have in our lives. The Bible says when the Holy Spirit... Is in control of our life. He fills our lives with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and, and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. I mean, those those emotions are a lot better than fear and guilt and shame and worry and anger and all those kinds of things. So 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 what we got to do is we gotta learn how to surrender our mind, our will, our emotions to the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what I discovered? When you're put under pressure, whether it's at work or at home or some kind of situation, what's inside of you, what's swirling around inside of you is what's going to come out. If you're filled with worry and fear and doubt and loneliness and envy and jealousy and bitterness, and uh, when the world puts the pressure on you, all that stuff, all that junk's going to come out. But when you're filled with the Spirit and the world puts pressure on you, what's going to come out? Love and joy and peace and patience and all those other qualities I just mentioned. If you take a bottle of shampoo and you squeeze it, uh, what's going to come out? Shampoo's going to come out. If you take a tube of toothpaste and you squeeze it, what's going to come out? Peanut butter? No. Toothpaste. You see, what's inside will come out when the pressure is exerted, and that's true of our lives. Whatever is in us comes out when we're under pressure. When I'm full of myself, all kind of junk comes out of my life. Almost anything or anyone can tick me off, but when I'm full of the Spirit love and joy and peace and patience comes out, nothing or no one can overwhelm me or tick me off. So taming our emotions requires every day. Asking God to fill us with His Spirit also requires asking God to help us manage our speech. I don't know about you, but I I have to get up in the morning and say, Lord, put a guard over my mouth. Help me to zip up my lips so I don't say anything hurtful to people because of my emotions. The Bible says self-control means controlling the tongue. James talked about that in the New Testament. James says we be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. James 3 tells us about the power of the tongue. And here's what I want you to know. If we don't control our tongue and our emotions, we're going to say things that, that really just burn the house down around us and burn up the relationships around us. So taming our emotions requires every day asking God to help us manage our speech. And taming our emotions requires every day asking God to help us live out or live by his scriptures. In other words, put the words of the Bible into your mind, and into your heart. Memorize the Bible. Read the Bible. Memorize verses from the Bible. Read the scripture every day. Uh, Listen to the Bible. Subscribe to the Journey Through the Bible uh, devotions that we're providing for you here at Celebration Church. Get God's Word in you every day. Feed and dine and digest on God's Word. And when His Word becomes our Word, I'm telling you, we'll see miracles take place in our attitude or ambitions or actions and our emotions and our relationships in every part of our lives. Psalm 119, 11 says this, I have hidden your word in my heart. What's your heart? That's where your emotions are. I've hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. If we're not sinning against God, we're not going to be sinning against others as well. Let me close with one other verse. It's a verse that I actually speak to myself on a regular basis. Psalm 19 verse 14 says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable or pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now notice the connection between the heart and the mouth. What's inside of our heart? The Bible says it's going to come out through our mouth. Jesus said, it's not what goes in you that makes you unclean. It's what comes out of you that makes you unclean. Our heart is revealed in our words. And so we've got to change what we say so we can change how we feel. And if we change how we feel, it will change the decisions and directions of our lives. So some of what some of you need to say today is, Lord, I need a heart transplant. I need a heart transplant. I've got a bitter heart. I've got a worried heart. I've got an angry heart, I've got a lonely heart, I've got a prideful heart, I've got an arrogant heart. God, I've got a jealous heart, I've got an envious heart. I've got an impatient heart. God, I need a heart transplant, change my heart. When you say that to God, and you say, fill me with your spirit, he will put a new heart inside of you. And when you get a new heart, you get a new attitude, you get new ambitions, you get new actions, you get new words, you get better relationships. It all starts with allowing the Lord to help you deal with and manage the way that you feel. Now, I want you to bow your head with me right now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Here's what I discovered when our heart, our emotions, and words are pleasing to the Lord, that's when we're on the way to victory in the most important areas of our lives. And God wants us to learn how to grapple with those negative, unhealthy, ungodly, impetuous emotions that hurt and hinder our relationship with God and relationship with others and I heard our testimony as well. We need to surrender those to the Lord. Father, I want to thank you today that you're an emotional God. I thank you that you gave us the ability to feel that we're not just robots, but we're like you. We're made in your image, God. Uh, we can feel and we can think and, and we can have compassion. We can have passion in our lives. Help us to avoid the extremes of emotionalism where all that matters is how we feel and help us to avoid the extreme of stoicism where all that matters is what we think. Help us, Lord, to get control of our emotions for our good and for others' good and for your glory. Now, you pray this with me. Pray, Dear Lord, I know my feelings aren't reliable, so I don't want to build my life on my feelings. I want to build my life on your truth. I don't wanna be manipulated by the devil or devilish people or by my own sinful nature. I wanna be self-controlled and alert. More than that, Lord, I wanna please you. I don't do the things that please you. I want you to be the Lord of my emotions. I want to succeed in life by being controlled by your will and your word, not by my feelings. So help me to practice what I've just learned. When I start to get upset, when I feel overwhelmed, help me to figure out what I'm really feeling, what triggers how I'm feeling. You said in your word that wisdom gives a man patience. Help me to understand my emotions. Do not automatically accept them as a truth, but to ask, is it true? It it helpful. And it's holding on to this emotion going to give me the result that I'm looking for. Help me to realize that the real reason I feel, I feel what I'm feeling. And help me, Lord, to challenge my emotions, not just to automatically accept them. Help me to change or channel what needs to be changed and channeled. Help me to take that which is not good inside of me and use it for good for myself and good for others. Lord, I'm asking you today to fill me or refill me with your Holy Spirit. I want my life to be filled with love and joy and peace. Love, not hate, with with joy, not sorrow, with peace, not chaos, with patience, not impatience. Lord, I want to be kind, not unkind. Fill me with goodness. Fill me with faith. Fill me with gentleness. Fill me with self-control. Help me to develop the practice of asking you to fill me every moment of every day with your presence and power. And Lord, help me to manage my mouth and help me to live by your word so that I can be who you call me to be, and live like you call me to live, and manage my emotions in my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, make sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Again, thanks for listening to the Celebration Church Podcast.